0: My name is Russell. This is episode 93, The Third Commandment. Something isn't right. I can feel it again, feel it again. This isn't the first time that you left me waiting. Sad excuses and false hopes I saw this coming, still I don't know. Welcome back, listeners, to the ASI Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Uh, It's another week uh, doing the Third Commandment. And how you doing? My name is Russ Shaw. My email is russ at asi247.org is the email address. The website is asi247.org. Uh you can find me on Facebook. Uh if you want to send a friend request to be a friend on Facebook, you can do that. Please mention that you're a listener to the show. I don't receive uh accept friend requests from people I don't know, and if you're a listener to the show, I consider you a friend. Um social networking it's the big uh the big thing with facebook and twitter and uh I'm not twittering yet. I do have a twitter account. I just don't use it that much. It's just even more distracting than facebook. So I'm struggling trying to keep uh to keep those things at bay, right? Not to uh pour myself into surface things. This commandment for me is is something that I struggle with being a uh a guy who I mean, I'll be honest, I'm I'm not as as deep as I'd like to be like I get into groups and I can be around Christians and if if I feel safe around them, I can talk about deep stuff and I can hit some pretty good points, but generally in a social situation, I'm pretty pretty shallow, right? I'm a pretty shallow person. It, It takes me some work and some effort to start talking about deeper things and to dig a little deeper with people. Um... I like that, right? I like to be able to get inside someone's head a little bit and get inside someone's heart a little bit and find out how they think and find out how they, uh, you know, what drives people. I love that. Um, but at the same time, it's very uncomfortable <laughs> for me. And yes, I'm in sales. I do sales for a living, but I think sales is very, can be very superficial. And I think that's what this, uh, this commandment has to do with. Um, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain, is the third commandment uh, from Exodus 20. What does that mean? I think that uh, one thing that would be really offensive, and I don't know if this actually happens. Um, I, I've heard some really wacky stuff from people down there in the Bible Belt, the southern part of the United States. There's just some really wacky Christian religious stuff that goes on there. But imagine this. Imagine if you, um, you went to the mall around Christmas time and you saw Santa, right? And he's got kids on his knee and they're taking pictures and, and you got Jesus walking around. I mean, imagine Jesus walking around at Christmas time, like handing out coupons for, for mattresses, right? Or uh, deals at the, at the department store coupons, right? Or imagine at Easter time, if you had uh, a cross, you know, you walk into the mall around Easter and there's a big cross, there's a guy on the cross, and there's people up there getting their pictures taken with him, right? I mean, these things would be... um would be horrific It's like what are you doing I mean that is just disgusting why would you do such a thing but we, we you know we look at Santa and stuff like that and these are supposed to be trivial things like this is just a little thing that we do for kids to have fun you know Santa Claus was like uh, invented by marketing uh, you know representatives with coca-cola back in the day um, but when it comes to Jesus there just has to be something a little deeper right plastic figurines of Jesus that people put on their dashboard. I mean, that's just stuff like that. I mean, there's something in me that cringes when it comes to that stuff. And, uh, did they do that in like Texas or, I don't know. I'm just asking like North Carolina. I don't know. You got Jesus walking around the mall. <laughs> this is just, I mean, that would be just horrific for me. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You're totally trivializing our faith in, uh, in that I think that is what represents uh, taking the Lord's name in vain way more than like slamming your finger in the door and saying JC, right? Uh, That's part of it. Yes, that's part of this sin of taking the Lord's name in vain, but so is trivializing or um, making superficial the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that that has a lot to do with sexual ethics and it has a lot to do with faith and how uh, a lot of churches run today. Um, that song by Good Charlotte really hit me uh, in the heart a little bit because it's so predictable. I mean, we get that way in our social situations. We start to look at people and to start to jump to conclusions and just think, oh, it's, that's just so predictable that you would react that way. And I think for human beings, it is a lot safer to go back to the super surface superficial and, and live there because it's more comfortable to live there, right? Surface cells, right? Like surface cells in the news, surface cells with... Uh, uh, products it 's easy to see the surface, judge that make a conclusion, and we get into a habit and a pattern I think, especially today with marketing in the in the western world um the images that we 're showing every day we're we're constantly having to make decisions every day, and it, the surface sells we start to grow in our habitual you know superficial way of thinking um on the last show, I brought up this scripture that uh in Romans, uh, Romans one twenty seven, having to do with homosexuality. This is another subject I'd rather not talk about, to be honest with you. It's just, it's a deep part of the Bible. It has to do with identity. It has to do with where people's desires uh, burn from. And it's one of those things that I'd rather just not talk about to be honest with you. But at the same time, I know there's people that struggle with this. I know that there's people listening to the show now who struggle with this. I know that there may be some of you listening who consider yourself homosexual or in the homosexual lifestyle and you you feel like it's a life choice or and I get that okay I'm not going to argue with you on that I'm not here to shame you about your lifestyle but I am going to say that I believe and like I we're going to reiterate from the last show talking about idolatry that your identity is not deep enough if you think that your whole identity is tied up in your sexual identity like that is such a huge part of you you are it's not it's really not Okay, and the Bible calling it sin is talking about identity. I don't think I used a really good uh translation in the last show. I used um the e s v which I like, but in this uh using that word shameless, I don't think is the correct word um The Bible was written in, in this part of the Bible was written in Greek, and sometimes the translations are are hard to, you know, here there's a couple of different translations of the Bible. Um, The Bible is not written in English, so we go to like a phrase-by-phrase translation where they take a phrase in the Greek, and then they'll translate that into English. There's also word-for-word translations, which can sound a little wooden and a little off sometimes, kind of hard to read, but... uh, They're also very good translations. Um, The Message Bible is a great paraphrased Bible. I love the message because it just kind of flows, and it's written in, you know, 21st century English. It's easy to understand. That's why I love the message for that, studying that. But when you want to get into really what these words mean, I think that... uh, a good uh, word-for-word translation is, is helpful, which the ESV is, but I think in this it goes into phrase-by-phrase phrase sometimes, just to make it more readable. I think the ESV is a very readable translation, but uh, again, using that word, shameless, I, I don't know if that's the correct um, the correct translation of that word. The word shame in the Bible is not, in the New Testament especially, is not something that is uh, good. Um... Romans one twenty seven and in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person the due penalty of their error. Um, the King James Version, which is another great uh, word-for-word translation. It's in the 14th century English, which some some churches only read the King James today. I think that's another goofy religious thing that just needs to be stopped, all right? Not everyone's going to understand, like, reading and sounding like Shakespeare, all right? You're going to lose people. They're they're not going to understand the Holy Scriptures if you force people to read this one translation, which is just I mean, please. All right, If you go to seminary, you become a pastor, they're going to give you lots of different translations. They may actually teach you Hebrew and Greek um, so you can understand the scriptures deeply. So why don't you love your people enough to let them uh, understand and study the Bible, okay? Besides just this King James Version, all right? That's goofy. Knock it off. Sorry. Anyways, uh, the King James Version Men with men working that which is unseemly. Uh, Unseemly is another word that they use instead of, like, shameless. Okay. Um, Here's one of my issues, especially with a lot of evangelical and taking the Lord's name in vain when it comes to sexual ethics. Um, Right now in our country, there's a lot of states who are legalizing gay marriage. Um, There's a lot of... uh, a lot of this going on a lot of controversy around homosexuality the homosexual lifestyle and accepting gay people because i think that that's one of the issues coming from uh coming from them is that they don't feel like they are people right like in our eyes they're less than people and they just want the same rights as the rest of of married folks uh But they want to, you know, they want to be married themselves. And then that's kind of a thing that's going on. I'm not going to address the political aspect of that. But I know I I understand how we got here. And listen, here's how we got here. This scripture is also a metaphor for burning in desire for what is unnatural for what is unseemly for what you know, here's here's a definition of sin for you sin is just breaking the way things are right like god created the world in the certain rhythm and the certain harmony and the certain melody and sin is breaking that right sin is getting out of that rhythm sin is is missing a note and making the whole thing just a mess. Okay. That's what sin is. Sin is, I think we we look into shame on sin and that's not really what the real translation, the real definition of sin is that like God created the world to be a certain way. We are human beings jacked up with our own free will. We make our own choices and decisions and we break what is um, the rhythm that God created the world to be in. Okay, I hope that makes sense to you. And this um the the Apostle Paul using this uh, burning in their lust towards one another is the same as it's the same as a guy burning in his lust towards a computer screen and, and massive different images. Okay. It's the same as a man burning in his lust for his secretary over his wife. It's taking It's taking what is deep and and this this standing before God and saying, um, I will never, you know, till death do us part, right? And and making it superficial. So when I see Christian groups out protesting um, gay marriage or homosexuals or uh, what you're doing, you're you're heaping up wrath for yourself. You're, You're so being such a freaking hypocrite. All right. Because Christians are doing the same. How many of those guys are looking at porn, holding these signs? There was a big rally a few years ago in Seattle where a bunch of Christians took, went to the Safeco Field to protest gay marriage. And I'm like, this one guy, I heard this guy talking about this, and some guy in his church said, Hey, are we going to go down there? Are we going to represent, right? Are we going to put a get a bus together and go, go down to the Safeco Field and protest gay? And he's like, Do you even see the hypocrisy in that? You know, he had to sit this guy down and say, listen, do you see the hypocrisy in that? I mean, how many people in our church are addicted to porn? He looks at the guy, right? How many people are having affairs? Um people who talk about oh, well, all gay people are going to hell um, okay let's take a look at that um, Jesus says it is finished on the cross right Jesus as, he's, as nails are being driven into his hands he says father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing I believe that there's a lot of homosexuals who, who consider themselves in that identity, who don't get it, who, who won't hear this message, who don't understand their real identity and may go through their whole life like that, um, will they go to hell? Okay, it's practicing sin, a lot of people will say, right? Okay, well, how many people got divorced over trivial, superficial things and married somebody else? Do you know that Jesus is going to say that if you do that, you've you're committing adultery, Okay, you're living in sin. You you've left the wife that God gave you going to uh Mark 10, right? That God puts people together, that God helps you fall in love with someone and that you know that God ordains that. And when you hit the eject button on your marriage over something stupid um you're not necessarily not married to that person anymore, okay? Jesus is going to say, if you skip out on that marriage, you marry somebody else, you're committing adultery, and you're living your life out of that. I know that's very unpopular, and we don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. And I, and I love you guys enough to tell you that the grace of God is, is, we should cling to that, that we should be more concerned with the grace that God gives us than the wrath that he would have on others, right? Right? See, it's Christians who have done more to screw up marriage than anybody else. Like we were supposed to be the, uh, like we're reconciled to God, right? And we're supposed to live out this pattern of what marriage should look like and we're not. Right? We're getting divorced and jumping out. We're looking at porn. We're cheating on our wives. Wives are cheating on their husbands. They're calling themselves Christians. They're, you know, divorced. They have destroyed marriage in this country, and that's why there's gay marriage. It's, stop pointing the finger, okay? I heard a guy talking about this. He's like, I just want God to give me what I deserve. No, no, you don't. Okay? no, No, you don't. You don't want to give. You don't want God to give you what you deserve because you deserve hell. That's what you deserve. That's what I deserve. That's what we deserve. We deserve hell, and God gives us His grace. Okay. So at the same time, ethically speaking, whichever situation you're in, um, addicted, sexually addicted. That's why you're here. Hopefully, right. Um, whether you're you consider yourself homosexual, you consider you're married to someone who you know. Um, there's judgment on that, right? Do you have any fear of God at all? I mean, did you do you piss on the grace that God's given you? I, I'm just, I just want to throw that out there. That that is the biggest profanity that we trivialize God. And <clears throat> Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus is going to go into this metaphor of building your house on the rock, right? That. Even religion, like going back to the surface, going back to making good things God things, going back to idolatry in in our ethics is just being superficial. It's just making God this kind of bond servant who does what we ask him to, right? It's a lot of this kind of prosperity stuff that's out there that God is, you just have a dream and God will be the, the bond servant to bring you your dream, all right? Right? I think it's important to have a dream. I think that's a good thing. But when your good thing becomes a god thing, then you're becoming superficial. You're taking the Lord's name in vain. You're not building your house on the rock that is Jesus. Jesus says, if you do, if you hear what I say and do what I say, you're building your house on the rock, as opposed to building your house in the sand, like on the beach, right? If you build your house in the sand, it's going to collapse. If you build your house in a rock, you have a good foundation. What's underneath that? the depth of what your life is built on, right? This is uh, Matthew 7, 24, if you want to look up that parable that Jesus uses, that it's not not going back to our own self and our own superficial way of making good things God things. Once again, it goes back to idolatry. And these first three commandments are going to be heart-level attitude, um, worship, relationship with God, Um, Before we get to the do's, which will be the next episode, and I have a lot to say in that one, um, we're going to talk about the heart. We're going to talk about the why. We're going to talk about what you're burning for and what you really actually worship in your life. Because here's the thing about wrath and and God's name, taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Verse 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. Verse 11. For my own namesake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory will not give to another right, being glory stealers, that that's taking the Lord's name in vain. How will the name of the Lord be profaned? A lot of it has to do with with wrath. Um, Ezekiel uh, 28 through 9, But they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. None of them cast away the detestable things their eyes feasted on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them and spend my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they've lived. In those sight I have made myself known to them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. You have never heard, you have never known of old your ear has not been opened, for I know that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from birth you were called a rebel. That were sinful from the beginning, right? Going back to some of the stuff that Martin Luther said about the law. And when Romans uh, one twenty seven talks about the just uh, reward for their sin, it's not necessarily talking about AIDS, okay? I mean, the guy who's looking at porn, whose wife catches him, the guy who's single and looking at porn, who doesn't repent of that while he's single and gets married and brings that into his marriage. I, it's a myth to think. I got an email from a, a single guy, and I, and I so want to address you guys, and I don't want to, I want to feel like a, uh, I've been neglecting you. But I, I'm so glad that you get to do this before you get married. All right? You're going to leave a lot less devastation in your life if you can take care of this now while you're single. It is so important. Because getting married isn't going to fix it. I think a lot of people do that. I'll, I'll fix my sexual addiction by getting married, and they're not going have sex whenever I want. No, that's not how it works. You have a superficial way of looking at sex. It's so much deeper than what you think it is. The Amplified Bible is another great translation. Check this out. This is uh, Matthew 23, uh, 23 through 24 from the Amplified Bible, which takes every single word that you could possibly think of to describe um, the text in word-for-word in Um, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you give a tenth of your mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected and omitted the weightier, more important matters of the law, right and justice and mercy and fidelity. It puts that in parentheses, practically. These you ought practically to have done, without neglecting the others. You blind guides, filtering out a gnat and gulping down a camel. This is also Jesus being funny here a little bit, but taking these superficial things and making such a big deal out of the superficial things while neglecting grace and mercy and the love that God has for us through the grace upon grace that's presented through Christ Jesus. This, this email from this listener just pained me that he was a failure as a Christian and, and, and thinking that he has, um, that, that, he, that it's based on his performance and not the blood of Christ that's all over him, right? Sometimes taking the Lord's name in vain, sometimes being superficial with our faith can be looking at the cross and going, yeah, I'm, that's just not for me. I'm, I'm too bad for, to be covered by the blood of Christ. I mean, it's just silly, it it's silly and it's it's trivial and I love you, man. And you need to get into your Bible. Are you reading your Bible? As, as my Christian brother, I will ask you that. Are you reading the scriptures as food, as being thirsty? Like David says, you're, you know, I'm like a deer panting for, for food. I need you. Like David will say this over and over again in the Psalms. Like, I need you in me. I need you to drink you up. I need to know you. I need this. the scriptures. Are, are you hungry for me, thirsty for me, are you? I, I love you, man, and I, I pray that you don't buy this lie that the cross is. You know, you've done so much bad that Jesus can't heal it, and and he can. Jesus can't didn't die for it because he did. Two thousand ten years ago, right? Two thousand years ago, to whatever it was. Remember that it's two thousand ten. That's how significant Jesus is in human history. It's not just religion it's it's actually historical fact but on the third commandment here's something I wrote a while back it's actually on the website if you go to faith and you click on uh, grace upon grace um, there's some scriptures in there talking about this taking the Lord's name and and not being superficial with it right Profanity is is when we take God's name and use it as trivial. Um, Something I wrote a a while back. In the race of life, the shouts, the rants, and the screams from the bleachers are very real. Fingers pointing all over the field yelling, run in that direction. We are flooded with messages daily. How deep? How do the voices we listen to drive our day-by-day decision-making? If each day is a new empty page and choices are the enter button... Who is co-authoring our lives? What are the messages we listen to? Why are we so ready to receive some messages and so ready to discard others? How are we impacted and who in relationship are we impacted by? Influenced. I would also say we are being coached every day. The question is, where is the goal and which coach will we listen to? The edge um is a great metaphor i want to do another movie metaphor in this episode before i close um the edge was a movie by uh anthony hopkins uh alec baldwin back in 1997 and um bart the bear who uh, does a great job in the film as well um but uh, anthony hopkins plays this billionaire who goes on this trip with his young wife who's a model and uh, this photo shoot that they wanted to do in Alaska, and Alec Baldwin plays um, kind of the guy who's the love interest for her, having this affair with her, and um, you know going on this this adventure into Alaska. They get in this plane crash. Um, anyway, there are a lot of really great depth to the film. Um, some things I like, some things I don't like, but uh, I like that it shows these different levels of what we build our lives on as far as ethically concerned um, drives, right? Uh, but well, there's one line in the film that I love, and, and Anthony Hopkins you know, and Alec Baldwin's character is just freaking out in the woods. You know, we're going to die, freaking out, and he goes, he looks at Alec Baldwin's character and he says, you know why a man dies in the woods? And he answered me, do you know why a man dies in the woods? And he's like, I don't know. And he says, because a man dies of shame. That's what a man dies of in the woods. He dies of shame. How did I get here? You know, I'm so stupid. Look at me. I ended up in this place. This is a horrible place to be in. They quit. They quit persevering. They, they, they stop. They fall into shame and they're just con, consumed by it. And that's what I want you to understand with sexual ethics and the, the whole point of the, this show is that Christ takes our sin, he takes our shame, and he gives you a new heart. That, it's great to be born again. I think that people talk about that a lot, and I think that's great. But before that, we need a regenerated heart. Our hearts need to be renewed. We need to be justified by our faith in Christ taking our shame because taking the lord's name in vain is rule making and being all about what we do all right not instead of why we do it does that make sense i i don't look for purity because i want to be pure on the outside for everybody to see pure clean shiny rust. I think there's a lot of good analogies in purity. Paul talks about purity and and some of these metaphors like keeping yourself clean. Like, you know, some of these things about doing it making yourself do it. Sometimes you I mean, we get up in the morning, we brush our teeth, we take showers, we clean ourselves, we clean our houses. All these things are monotonous and and Repetitory and they don't necessarily bring a lot of joy while you're doing them But the end result is is what we want right That that's purity but why do we do it we're presenting ourselves to christ Because the old has already passed away and the new has come Anxiety um one of the things about anxiety is just not trusting that god loves you and he's in control not understanding that he's a loving father, maybe not like your earthly father, who's maybe abandoned you or, or beat you or sexually molested you, but your your heavenly father who loves you and is, is here and he grieves over those pains in your life and he loves you and he is in control and he is working all things out for his glory and for you to become who you were meant to be. In Christ, because that's what people die of. That's what we keep going back to. That's why I say don't ever quit. Don't ever ever quit. Persevere. Peter's going to say, "Persevere in your faith." Paul's going to say, "Persevere in your faith." It's going to get tough. It's going to be hard. I wanted to share with you something I, I read this morning, just journaling and uh, asking God to speak to me through the scriptures. Opening, uh, maybe if you're, you know, that's something that you could do. Crack open your Bible, grab a pen and a journal, and and ask God to speak to you. Um, Luke 6.25, this is from the Message Translation. There is trouble ahead. If you think life's all fun and games, there is suffering to be met, and you're going to meet it. And here's something I wrote, just reflecting on this. Do I focus too much on my energy in avoiding suffering? Um, Suffering is a part of the challenge of life. No pain, no gain. I'm praying for the Holy Spirit and the faith that the Holy Spirit would give me to have a new attitude towards suffering. That as a, as a coach, right, as this is like the, the, the field, and Paul does a lot of these analogies of, 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 of sports, and we're entering the field, it, we're training, it, it's going to be tough, there's going to be suffering involved, and are you going to embrace suffering with a new attitude? Colossians 1.29, To this end I labor, struggling with all the energy which so powerfully works in me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Do you realize that? That that's, that's already happened? Okay, That's not based on behavior or morality or ethics. That's already happened in your heart. If you've given your life to Christ, if you've made a decision for Jesus. Maybe you haven't. I would, I would ask you to spend some time and to pray. Go for a walk. Um, ask God to reveal himself to you. Pray. Just give your life to Christ. God in human flesh. Just, I give my life. To, I pray that you could do that. That you could humble yourself to do that if you haven't already. And if you have, I pray that you could um, maybe reach a new level. Maybe crack open your Bible and and pray and journal and ask God to speak to you. Like, I I listened to this great sermon by Matt Chandler down there in Texas, uh, uh, thevillagechurch.net, I believe it is. Look it up on uh, iTunes. He, taught, he did a whole, like, an hour and a half on, on how to read the Bible. Uh, and there was a, some great stuff in there about just sitting and praying and opening the Bible, having a plan, a book that you're going through, and opening the Bible and asking God to speak to you. And then having a journal and, and talking about it, like I just did this morning, and, and, and at praying and asking God, when something leaps off the page to you, the, 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 sometimes that's the Holy Spirit like talking to you, right? That's the Holy Spirit wanting you to, to focus on that scripture and, and maybe journal about it, talk about it. What does it say to you? God speaks to us through the Bible. I used to get angry and go, God never sent me an email or told me how to figure out my life. Yeah, he did. He did. It's called the Holy Bible, um, and maybe you could get into it, take some time, and and do that. Um, my name is Russ Shaw. My email is russ at asi two four seven dot org. Check out the website. I have a lot of bible studies and stuff like that on the website asi247.org you click on the the faith tab um the music on the show if you want to buy the music that i play on the show through itunes you can do that through by clicking on the music tab buy it right through itunes or you can go to amazon and, and buy the cds um donations this this show runs on donations i, I pray that um if that's in your heart to, to be generous and, and give to the show helps keep the thing up on on itunes and on the internet. Uh, you can go to the website and do that as well through PayPal. Um, I'm going to leave you with a song by P.O.D. It was their big hit song that uh, a Christian band who had a, a number one hit single in uh, the rock charts about 10 years ago and uh, it's called Alive. I want you to open your eyes and, and going back to some of the stuff, reiterate some of the stuff i said on past shows that just ask God to open your eyes to see the grace you've already been given to see that life is beautiful and, and to trust and to walk and to put your, oh man, just to put your faith in him, that he's alive, that God is real, that he loves you. This is P.O.D. Alive. Until next time, bye. for every breath I take. I won't take it for granted. granted. So I learn from my mistakes. It's beyond my control. Sometimes it's best to let go. Whatever happens, in its lifetime. So I trust in love.